IABC Ottawa presents The Voice. The Voice offers tips, insights, and practical takeaways for members of the International Association of Business Communicators and people in communications, marketing, and creative professions. We share news and information on the latest ideas, trends, and issues to help you take your career to the next level. Thank you for listening. Follow IABC Ottawa on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please watch for future episodes of The Voice. I'm Sherry Lynn Starkey, and this is The Voice. To increase the value for members of IABC, IABC Ottawa this year has, well, not introduced, but is stepping up the frequency of members-only events that are focused on special interests. A couple of weeks ago, they asked me to facilitate a conversation of special interest group that is focused on major trends in communications measurement and social media evaluation. It was held at the head office of CIRA here in Ottawa down at Lansdowne Park. And we had a group of members come together for a very lively discussion. And I had my uh, handy podcast uh, microphone on hand to capture some of it so that we could share the learning beyond that room with the rest of our members and the communications community. So with no further ado, uh, let's go right to the, the tape and where we are discussing the important role of communications measurement and social media evaluation. Well, they've asked me to conduct a conversation that's about communications measurement and evaluation. And I spend a lot of time thinking about this kind of stuff in my, in my day job. I think, and please counter me if you think I'm wrong about this, but there's kind of five things that we need to be aware of in a discussion about measurement and communications evaluation. And the first is the necessity for accurate goal setting. And that means linking your communications objectives directly back to organization business goals. So I want to talk, spend some time talking around that tonight. Another thing is that I'd be interested in hearing your views on this. In my experience, all goals are, they, they come from one side or the other. There's only two kinds of goals. One is behavioral and the other one is like awareness or attitude. And I find it helpful when I'm writing a, a communication strategy to really think that through at the beginning is you know, what are we doing here? Are we, are we raising awareness? Are we educating the public? Are we uh, trying to create a positive attitude towards something? Or do we want our audiences to actually do something? Do we want them to vote for us? Do we want them to buy our products? Do we want them to um, share our content? You know, do we want them to actually take some action? And so when you think through your objectives at the outset about those two things that really will help you in the long term in, in evaluating and measuring the return on investment for your communication. And it will really, it will also impact how you measure it. So I want to spend a couple of minutes tonight talking about that with you. Um, the third thing, and I, clients ask me this a lot, is about what to track. You know, is it likes and clicks and visits or is it something else? So there's kind of a range of things, and, and you know what you track will depend on if it's an awareness or a behavior um, objective. But I'd like to spend a couple of minutes tonight talking about that. And I think we should spend a little time talking about the importance of automation. So how can we track things easier, 
what kinds of tools are out there to help us, what kind of insights can we get from different analytics tools, and I think it'd be a great brainstorming session to, for everybody to contribute what they like to use and why. And the last thing, and I actually put, put this in before I saw what your topic is at Marcom, <laughs> but the necessity of being agile, how agility in our communications planning uh, will help us improve our communication, be more effective in what we're doing, and really kind of improve the results so you can just demonstrate a, a better return on investment for your bosses who want to know, your board of directors that want to know, your clients that want to know if you're actually delivering the goods that they, that they want. So those are the topics that I had outlined for us to discuss tonight. We started our conversation by talking about the importance of getting company executives and upper management on board in the goal setting process. So we have a marketing team and they're deeper in the funnel. So they're really looking at behavior. And so it was about sort of really making it clear where we end and they begin. Um, Not a lot of integration there? No, there is. We work very closely together, but who's really, what is it that we need to do this up here and shift it down to them who are going to do this and it isn't necessarily us doing everything and trying yes, to okay. be everything. Yes, off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we use the funnel, so like the top of funnel, middle mm-hmm. of funnel, bottom of funnel. So really where we sort of balance it out between the two groups is we are very much top of funnel. We so much share the middle of funnel, and the bottom of funnel is our marketing team. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anybody else like to share about goal setting? Kind of strategic plan, business plan? I have uh, some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked in in corporations for some years, and um, I found that the ability to think strategically was limited. You know, that people were kind of cut off. Comms wasn't always invited in. <laughs> and um, so it was harder to understand what the corporation objectives were, which, of course, would influence how the marketing and communications goals and objectives would, would be set. And it was um, it was a, a tough case to try and, and uh, get that information shared. Right. But now I'm working more on a consulting basis, and now it's remarkably easier to go in <laughs> and make the case, the same case I've made before, I should add, um, that uh, that my work would, would be infinitely better if I could tie all the communication goals to the corporate goals, yes. and that this would make them look like rock stars. Right? Uh, this, is, exactly. this is how you actually demonstrate the the business strategy's implementation is through a marketing and communication strategy that basically shows it off and and, and, and delivers it. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly top of you know top of the funnel stuff. Um, but uh, somehow when you're in that consulting role, it tends to be an easier case to make. So you get more FaceTime CEO to have strategic discussions? And, and the whole leadership team. Yeah, okay. Which is what I require, right? Yes. Is to go from the... Because they all have different perspectives. Oh, yes. They all have different needs. Speak them together and apart. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Right. So, that's right. So, so the, the process is this, is first you speak to them individually, yeah. and then you bring them together to say, mm-hmm. this is what I heard. Yes. And they're often quite surprised <laughs> at what you know yes. at what I heard um, but it's it's a it's 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 an important part of the exercise yes, I agree yeah 
So that was a great discussion about getting the people at the top of the organization involved in communications goal setting. But people around the table pointed out the importance of getting people at all levels within the organization involved in goal setting for various reasons. So the the sum of the conversation was that yes, top down getting input from the highest level of the organization is very important, but bottom up input is also key in making sure that you're calibrating goal setting in a way that's going to be workable in real life. And that's one difference I think as organizations and just the communications have a question or businesses move even if they're not agile, they're, I think everyone is becoming more agile in their planning and business processes, and it used to be sort of this very top-down strategic, and that's still very important, but I think there's more and more also an influence of bottom-up, so yes. plans are still being made as you work on the strategy, and so obviously making sure that the strategy kind of goes top-down mm-hmm. from the corporate strategy and into the, uh, the communication strategy, but then also looking at what's burbling under, and feeding those into the communication strategy, and then And of course, all this discussion about top-down and bottom-up led on to uh, a bit of conversation about trying to juggle priorities within your organization to make sure that you can achieve your objectives. And the other thing I was going to bring up, and this is more of a challenge, it's when, so you have your corporate strategy. And that feeds into it. And then I mentioned we have these project plans that others own and we support. And it all comes together and we're in the middle. And, of course, those projects feed up into the larger. All is connected. But at the end of the day, project owners are focused on their project. And no matter what, it is the most important thing to them in the world, right? This is normal. Everybody's experienced this. But as you as comms, you are in this beautiful position of having a bird's eye view of the organization. Mm -hmm. So advice on when you decide to make changes to how you approach your communications as you're doing your annual planning to say, this project, I'm going to downscale a little bit here. Because I know if I upscale a little bit over here, the benefit to the organization is going to be Mm -hmm. 20-fold. The big guys up top, they get it. They're like, yeah, yeah. But these ones down here, it's a much harder conversation to have because they're going to feel like you've forgotten them, you don't care about them, Mm -hmm. and don't forget, this is the most important thing in the organization from their perspective. So I'd just love to hear anybody's thoughts on how you do that. (laughs) Well, that's kind of a question as old as the uh, (laughs) time, really, about uh, fighting for, for budgets and and resources around your projects. Um, so you're looking for advice on how to fight that battle. Well, it's, you know, be transparent, give them the information, share the big picture with them so that they can understand things in context. Okay. And then I think it's the project owner's job is to lobby for their project, not with you, but with blind management mm-hmm. if they think that's that they're not getting the emphasis that they, that's actually required to achieve the overall objectives of the organization. Okay. And then the conversation moved on to the types of goals that we should be setting. I don't know how much time we have to spend on uh, awareness versus behavior, but I think it's an important discussion to have because not only does it dictate how you will measure going forward, it also will affect budgets that get allocated 
and um, and it will affect your overall strategies. And when I say budgets, I mean more than just money. I mean just general resources, work, workforce resources, and stuff around it too. Um, and as was indicated earlier, sometimes it's a little bit tougher to to fight your corner on awareness objectives, even though they're very very important, because you're not you're seen as a as a cost center, not a revenue generator, right? Yes. Yes. So um, <laughs> well, I thought we could talk a little bit about how to kind of mitigate that and make sure that you're, um, if you are dealing just with awareness objectives, how you can deci- decide at the outset how you present them as an objective so that you'll be able to demonstrate the ROI. Mm-hmm. Thousands of programs and campaign strategies I've written that I have three objectives that start with the words to raise awareness up. <laughs> right. um, I have, in the last five, seven years or so, always tended to make that third bullet instead of awareness uh, and action. So it drives traffic to the website, drives sales inquiries, on, you know, that kind of thing. So that even though it's an awareness campaign, you still have a real kind of hard metric that you can present at the end. X number of, of uh, downloads made, you know, X number of um, inquiries for more information or, or something like that. So that's my way of helping to make a, um, awareness a little bit more granular. Um, does anybody else want to contribute their ideas around that? Well, do we all agree that there are just kind of two thoughts? One of behavior, one of awareness. Maybe there's a third thought I've missed out. I'm kind of glad that... Uh, I'm, like, I'm kind of glad there's not, <laughs> not a magical third thought. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm glad. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so can we maybe just go around the table and everybody just say whether you tend to focus on awareness or or um, behavior or both. Mm-hmm. So needs both. Uh, I'm, I guess it's it's both. Um, do we want stories about? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I uh, so I have um, a couple of different projects right now. One of which has uh, an awareness and an action component to it. It's a it's a cannabis project. So um, with the legalization of cannabis, it becomes, um, well, it's interesting to note that most organizations don't have policy on that. So first of all, you have to raise the awareness of the implication of not having this policy, which can be very serious from a, from a legal standpoint. I mean, this is going to be, you know, there are holes in people's policies to drive Mack trucks through. Um, so uh, this is this is an important factor, and then of course the action associated with that is take the course, you know, buy the product, buy the consulting, and we'll help you solve that problem. Um, on the behavior side, um, I'm working with a, a new, um, well, it's an older science, but the technology associated with it is quite new. That is all about changing behaviors, and you do that by learning about. Uh, people's judgment, their their decision making, and ultimately their behaviors. So by understanding at a more deep level what motivates people to think a certain way, um, to do certain things, uh, is a, a very different way of conducting your your research and ultimately your your communication objectives. 
So just what, what you said exactly, if you go and you talk to your stakeholders and you find out that they already are aware, right, then you would certainly be wasting a lot of time and, and resources by, by implementing an awareness program. And, you know, if you think this is what somebody needs to know, so in the, in the uh, if you want to take it to the cannabis program, if you think that um, what they need to know is that they need to update their, their policy on medical cannabis because the, the data says that 85% of organizations have not done that, even though it's been legal for 17 years, um, then, you know, you, you need to understand what those consequences are. And so when you talk to stakeholders, then you, perhaps you find out that, oh no, they knew all along, but they were just foot dragging because it was going to be inconvenient or there was an office politics issue going on or something. So then you would need to focus on something else, right? Some, to draw on some other aspect of introducing the, the legal um, cannabis into the situation. Maybe then it's workplace safety. Uh, if there are people driving trucks or vehicles for the company or if there's operation of precision equipment then you know then you need to know right and that's when outside behavior will impact workplace activity so drug plates and drug testing for instance is not is not possible anymore in the same way because cannabis will stay in your system for 72 plus hours even though you're not impaired mm. So, you know, there's some big consequences happening here. And uh, so there's the awareness piece for sure, but the whole deal is to get those behaviors changed. And uh, so that, yeah, I think it's a really nice balance mm -hmm. the way you, you frame that. Okay. So one of the things that we're embarking on is looking at all the content that we produce and um, making sure that every piece of content we have fits into, we've identified three buckets, two of which are frankly behavior, and yes. only one of which is, is um, awareness. And everything we produce is going to be measured against the objectives related to one of those three buckets. I'd say maybe 75% of my clients are hoping to establish a relationship with government, mm -hmm. and about 25 have an existing relationship that needs some sort of support. Yeah. support. Mm -hmm. um, so for the majority of, of clients that I'm trying to bring in, uh, the awareness piece is the first step and is so crucial. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of building awareness of the organization's thought leadership in XYZ mm -hmm. or national relevance in XYZ or you know political uh, contribution you know in, in a certain area. So um, that is tactically that's a conversation that we manage with a little bit of care because clients come to us wanting action, right? Okay, no conversation about uh, evaluation of communications would be complete without touching on the controversial subject of metrics. Which are the ones that matter? Which are the ones we should be tracking? Here's what was said. So I'm just curious to hear some other ideas because it's for sure, you know, because we do, you know, probably half, roughly half of our communications objectives are awareness mm -hmm. and, and even when you go down into some of the plans. So I'm curious to hear what others do about measurement for awareness. Well, public awareness research is always like... The gold standard. It's the gold standard, but not every client wants to pay for it. But there are other ways that you can measure that. Like, for instance, I was just working on one this week where I did an analysis of media coverage around a certain issue. Was it, you know, went through, put it through a certain time point and uh, measured it against a previous time point? And uh, were there more stories? Were there fewer stories? Were they positive? They were, were they negative? Did they men mention my client? Did they mention somebody from my client's industry? Some, you know, things like that. 
um, that's a good hard number that you can take back to the boss about, uh, about whether you've um, been effective in your earned media strategy. Um, oh, I think other inexpensive ways. Um, sentiment analysis, you know, it's not, you know, AI isn't everything that it, it's going to be, but it's not bad. It's getting better. So sentiment analysis, did it used to be negative, now it's positive? Did it used to be negative, now it's neutral? That's still, that's still move. Did it used to be like horribly negative and now it's still negative, but no one's calling for your blood. <laughs> that, that could be something. So there's ways to measure things like that. And then there's other ways that you can survey people cheaply through social media or from your list of whatever you gather people's lists, lists of people's emails for. You can send them a survey. And, uh, you know, why it won't be scientifically as great as public awareness survey, it certainly is a pretty good finger in the air indication about attitudes and awareness and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Anything else? Well, you, you said earlier mm-hmm. it's uh, attaching an action to mm-hmm. to an awareness piece, yes. right? So if you've got uh, an article, how many people, you know, if you had a, something to click, something clickable. Mm-hmm. So people went and, and went to find out more. I think that's... Uh, that's useful um, as opposed to a blog that perhaps nobody responds to, right? Um, yeah. or, the, or the bounce rate's really high yeah. or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. You've yeah. got 80% bounce rate on your content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not uh, that's well, not Actually, for some clients that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we also have, so if we're thinking of thought leadership, for example, there's metrics you can see in terms of this year, did we get invited to speak at more events yes. than last year and new different events that we weren't mm-hmm. expecting mm-hmm. that we maybe didn't even know about? Are we getting more media calls? Is it yeah. more proactive on their part coming yes. to us yes. rather than push, pushing it out? Um, are we getting just asked more by important stakeholders? So, you know, is the government, is the minister's office calling us um, to discuss various issues with us more often than they did in the past yes. because we're out there and our CEO's name is being connected to an issue. So those are good metrics mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Yeah, those are excellent. That's thought leadership. And, yeah. yeah. Also, you know, the more tech- technical side, side the domain authority grades, it's a good hard number that you can show to your boss. Last last year our domain authority was thirty. This year it's forty, but that's a huge increase in one year, which underlines your authority. Um, I don't know uh, if this would apply to Sarah, but certainly for the NGO sector, um, the number of volunteers that you have can be quite significant. Uh, would anyone else? Is anyone else sick of the sound of my voice? Would you like to contribute something on on automation and communication? maybe argue with me that it's bad and that would make the discussion fun. I'll just, uh, maybe just start a conversation maybe on surveys. Yes, okay. And that's linking to anyone's objectives. If it's helpful and if there's automation or new automations kind of surveys. Integrating with CRM. Well, we see this a lot. I, like, I see it as a consumer that, uh, like, as soon as you touch a website, you're getting surveyed on mm-hmm. something. I think you should there's a chance you could over-survey your, your public, but you're right, there is a lot of automation going into surveys right now. Yeah. Um, so, can we just have thumbs up, thumbs down? Automation in communications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Okay, for the benefit of the, of the microphone, it's all phones out there. <laughs> one non-committal. Abstain. <laughs> okay. um, let's talk a little bit about being agile. Now, we did talk about that a little bit at the beginning, but um, and for those of you who don't know, Sarah runs an agile marketing shop. You run an everything agile shop. Yeah, right? every delivery team in the organization yeah. runs agile. So does. Does it do? Does anybody know not understand the concept of agile? Okay, yeah, all right. I'd like to talk about that a little bit more. I, okay. I've heard about it before, but I'm not too familiar okay. with it. So, my understanding of it is kind of humorous because uh, when I first started hearing the term agile applied to it, this was back in. Um, 07, 08, and I was doing a lot of work with software companies at the time, they were talking about agile software development. And I remember going to the CEO of this firm and saying, what is this agile? What are they talking about agile? And he says, oh, well, what that means is that they, they sit around in a room and they talk about stuff and then they go and do it. And I was like, we've been doing agile communication since the dawn of time, but now, funnily enough, now they actually apply the discipline to marketing and communications, Agile. And so it is a, it is a, a discipline, it's a, an esteemed process that lets you kind of um, plan short-term and long-term, but you adjust as you go. You're all, always learning. You're always brainstorming. Um, you work quickly to implement things, measuring constantly and changing on the fly. From what you learn, and I think the trend in marketing communications, and can you please jump in because you know a lot more about this than I do. The genesis has actually come through internet communication because what I was saying earlier about race, and we never evaluated till the very very end. We don't have to wait to the very end anymore, and that is something new for communicators. Um, When we had to wait to do the public opinion survey before the campaign and after the campaign, um, our hands were kind of tied. But now we don't have to wait for that kind of insight. There's so many um, sources of insight out there, and they keep getting better and better and better. Like I was playing around today with, um, uh, you know, Facebook is updating every day now, trying to make their stuff smarter and better. But the, the um, audience insights in their ad manager is just phenomenally nimble. Like you just figure out so much cool stuff there that three years ago you would have been paid an analyst twenty grand to get that stuff for you. So. Um, that is the uh, uh, that is kind of what being agile is, and uh, so um, the reason I put it on the table for a discussion in the discussion of measurement and evaluation, it is um, I thought it would be beneficial to have a discussion of those kind of like those micro metrics that you need to track every single day, as you were saying earlier, so you can adjust on the fly. And, and uh, so certainly, in terms of um, in my own experience, certainly. Um, Pay-per-click advertising is a place where this agility is uh, necessary and highly effective. And you can see the length of, it, of a, like a, say, a 60-day campaign, how effective your ads are on day one is starkly different from how effective your, day, your ads are on the last day because you've made adjustments every single day as you go in, improving the targeting, maybe changing the creative, changing the copy, uh, maybe... Um, doing some A-B testing, finding things out that work better than other things. Um, maybe the ladies from Sarah would like to talk to us a little bit about how Agile works in your own goal setting and uh, evaluation in your work. 
Sure. I'll let Tanya <laughs> dive in. She One can prep for her presentation. <laughs> you talked about in terms of um, some examples like uh, being able to measure a campaign while it's in in, in flight. Really. Mm -hmm. um, another fundamental of agile is to measure the minimum viable product. And so you release as soon as you have a stage of your product versus, again, in traditional comps, we used to wait, wait for the whole beautiful, perfect thing and then we can put it out into the wild. Um, but again, I think digital communications, as you pointed out, has changed that. And web change things all the time. So it's okay if it's not perfect, fully done when it goes out. Yes. Um, and that's the beauty of measuring in agile. And it just makes it so much easier to test. We had a great example with our website. So our to go to our main website, it's, um, we call it a sales funnel. You search for a domain name. And if it's available, you can register from there. And our um, two months ago, three months ago, our sales funnel as it was pointed out to us by some of our users, looked like a cigarette. It was literally just, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And once you saw it, you could not unsee it. Oh, white and, and yellow. White and yellow, and it was round. It looked like a cigarette. And anyway, so we all had heard enough of it. We made it, and we made it square, and a red button to match the colors on our site. And then we let it go for five weeks, yeah. and we tested it, and it turns out that the cigarette performed better. Yes. Then the changes we made. And it was completely counterintuitive, because, you know, it was, people who like pretty things, you would look at it and you go, but the first one was ugly. Yes. <laughs> this one is beautiful and it's just not performing as well. So then we went back and reverted partway, you know, we yeah. kept it square but made it yellow again. And now we've been able to see the data. Nope, this one's performing even better than the original cigarette. So just being able to constantly monitor some of those ongoing yeah. changes. Mm -hmm. And some of them are just so counterintuitive to what you would have expected. So one of my notes here on being agile, we've got the flexibility to adjust on the fly, the continuous improvement piece of it, which is what you were talking about, Tanya. Um, the focus on value. So you can kind of adjust your strategy going forward when you see where high value activities are having good impact and uh, you know some great creative ideas you might have had that you know, this is going to be so much fun doing this. If it's not delivering the goods, they can go by the wayside and you can really focus on those activities that are going to give you the most value. The other thing, important part about it is mitigating risks. So um, when you're able to change things on the fly, you can fix bad things before they happen. For instance, blowing a budget on something that's not effective. We used to do spray and pray with uh, press releases, you know, <laughs> send them out. So somebody's going to run it, hopefully. <laughs> So there you have it, a very fulsome and animated discussion about um, major trends in communications measurement and social media evaluation held among IABC Ottawa members. We all learned a lot. Well, I did anyway. I hope everyone else did. Now, if you're interested in getting involved in or attending some of IABC Ottawa's member-only events, watch the website at ottawa.iabc.com for special interest group events coming up. I want to also thank Abby Radoski, our producer, and Thornley Follows Communications, our sponsor. I'm Sherry Lynn Starkey, and this is The Voice.